Oh my god! Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bevelations! Cocktails and conversations with Philly's most fabulous. It's Bev. Welcome back. Thank you all for listening, subscribing. We've been getting such fabulous positive feedback on the return, the triumphant return, if you will, of the podcast. Today we have a fabulous episode with a guest that I have been trying to get on for years. They are so busy, they are so booked and blessed, but now with uh, nothing else to deter us, I finally have the incomparable, the drag queen of the year 2018, Mr. Eric Jaffe. We talk about their genesis as a performer, our favorite and least favorite performances, maybe throw a little shade toward some RuPaul's Drag Race queens, so stay tuned for that. It is very fun. Thank you all for tuning in each and every week. If you do enjoy the podcast and you want to throw a couple dollars our way, um, you can Venmo me at It's Bev Bitch on Venmo. Uh, the other two, Jeremiah and Eric, will put their Insta- their uh, Instagrams, their Venmos at the end of the episode. And until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Bevelations. Please uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, rate us positively and send me some feedback on Instagram. I love to hear from you all. Bye. Oh my gosh, it's finally working after 72 failed attempts to record this GD podcast. Hello. Hi, kids. How are we? Hey. Yes. Yes. Today we are joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Jeremiah, aka Jatemish, aka. Veronica Von Vandervon, a.k.a. whatever she's going by this week. And our very special guest, for the first time ever, we've only tried to have you on, what, like 10 times now? It's the Eric Jaffe! Applause, I'd love some. Applause, I'd love some. Yes, hello, hello. From the comfort, comfort of your own home. Yes. We're all being socially responsible. It only took 42 failed attempts to get this goddamn technology to work right because I am secretly my mother and I don't understand anything. But yay, we finally made it work. Yeah, you do remind me of an old lady with uh, with technology. (laughs) I am so. Last night we played um, Cards Against Humanity and it only took like 17 tries to figure out a technical setup so that we could actually (laughs) see and hear each other and play the game correctly. I think we probably spent more time figuring out how to make it work right than we actually did playing the game. That's great. Yeah. So, how are we all doing, kids? Great. Yeah, you know, making the best (laughs) out of life at home and, you know, giving giving the shows. Giving the giving the children what they want. (laughs) So, um, Jeremiah, what are you up to these days? It's Uh, been it's been probably what six whole days since we recorded last. So, yeah, I think I've spent more time on my couch than I have in my own bed at this point because there's not really a point to life anymore. So, how many how many showers have you taken in that time? Uh, In the last six days, two. Perfect. He's he's single, kids. He's single and available and apparently not concerned about hygiene. I am starting to wonder if you can get medical grade bed sores from your own. (laughs) I thought about that. Remember that? Did you ever watch Nip Tuck, that Ryan Murphy show, Nip Tuck, where the the woman was like fused to her couch and Uh they had to like surgically remove her from her couch? That's like what I keep. 
That's what I keep um, in seeing in my mind as I talk myself out of ordering Cheesecake Factory from DoorDash. <laughs> I, I clicked on DoorDash like once because I got a, um, a like flyer in my, in my mail and now fucking Facebook targeting ads. It's like, oh, this restaurant's available. Oh, this restaurant's available. It's like, well, God only knows if we're going to the beach at all this summer, so I might as well just fucking submit to it. <laughs> So, Eric, it's your first time on the podcast, so let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Tell us where you're from. Uh, I am from a little town called Cheltenham, Pennsylvania. Uh Uh, It is the first town, if you just go north on Broad Street, it is the first uh, little town outside of Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. like, very close to the city, Mm -hmm. and... um, lived there until college where I decided to go all the way to sunny South Florida. I was going to say, I know you were in Florida for a little while. Yeah. I went to college down there, Florida Atlantic university in sunny Fort Lauderdale, right by Wilton manors where all those daddies are. (laughs) Um, and then I moved back and I decided to, you know, be a little girl in the big city. Try it out. Try it out. (laughs) Yeah. And um, what did you what did you major in in school? I majored in theater. Perfect. Obviously, <laughs> I would have I would have been shocked if you were like, um, well, I was a certified public accountant. Oh, by so... Yeah, um, there was a while where the the family was like, why don't you double major in like journalism? And I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> I double majored. I double majored in theater and English. So here we are, oh, wow. both of us as professional crossdressers. So. <laughs> Um, so I believe I was trying to remember, I always try to remember for new guests, like the first time we met, it was uh-huh. either through Matt Morell or it was, I couldn't, or was it back when you did the illustrious pinnacle of your career that was Song Wars at, um, at <laughs> Boyer? My first memory of you, Bev, was, um, your first performance um that you gave during Drag Wars All Stars two. One. The one one. Uh where you did um it ended with Rose's turn. Everything oh yeah. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Bev. Yeah, that was my Everything. Oh my god, Bev <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I've always been known for I've always been known for subtlety. Yeah. Um <laughs> so you um you've had quite a metamorphosis um since you first started um uh performing in philly talk us kind of through the the genesis of the glamour creature that that they are today <laughs> yeah um so when i started performing i was so when i was in school i guess i just start there when i was in school um i didn't get very much work in my department Um, Like, I wasn't cast in many of the main stage productions. Um, A lot of the reasoning behind that was they were, I was essentially told that I was kind of too um, outwardly gay to work. Right. Oh, yeah. I was told the same thing. Yeah. And so, you know, while all my friends were, like, at rehearsals and stuff, I picked up uh, the ukulele and decided to teach myself. Because I was like, oh, maybe I'll just put like this as like special skills on my resume. You taught like, yourself the ukulele? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I played it for like six months and then I decided to like 
go out and like do some open mics and then I was like oh I can just like get gigs where they'll pay me money like I was a college kid so I was like I don't know what that's like um so I started to host my own open mic and through that just like ended up while in school working like three or four nights a week making pretty good money just like playing cover songs um so when I moved to Philly um I was just kind of like I would love to keep this going um and I ended up kind of like weaseling my way into uh the weird beard review which was Mr. Fahrenheit's show yes at Latage I produced by he who shall not be be named great um so that's what we we refer to him as on this podcast he who shall not be (laughs) oh I'm aware um so uh yeah I basically was just playing ukulele and playing Philly cover songs and then um I just I guess over the years kind of like I was just slowly like fighting the urge to become a drag queen for so long (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I would like add like one layer at a time like Jeremiah knows a thing about that yeah (laughs) fighting the urge to become a drag queen and then eventually submitting to it I have no idea what you're talking about. I do not have eight wigs in my closet. I was just making sure you were were still alive. All right, Eric, back to you. (laughs) So I basically just took like one step at a time. Like I started like, the first thing I did was I like put a glitter beard on. I was like, oh, that's fun. Maybe now I'll try like wearing like a little bit of a lip. That's cute. (laughs) Oh, maybe I'll put a wig on, but not foundation yet. That would be silly. No. I, re- I distinctly remember your glashes period. Oh, you yeah. Would, you would just put like four 301 lashes oh, on your glasses. glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it looked yeah. like when they, when they put those fucking lashes on like a VW oh, bug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you, could, and you couldn't tell me nothing in my pairs in my glasses. <laughs> in your glasses period? You couldn't tell me that I wasn't a whole woman. <laughs> <laughs> So did you start out painting yourself or did you have other people paint you and then give you tips? Because the way I started was people painted me full face and then I started kind of doing sessions where people would show me how to do specific techniques and then I would just do it myself. So I'm, I'm always curious to see how people kind of went on their makeup journey. So the very first time that I was in face, it was because um, Brittany Lynn was doing, sorry, can we say her name? Um was doing a uh, Night of a Thousand Drag Queens at uh, where was that? Like the TLA? You did that too, Bev, I think. I, what, I, was, I was getting my wine out of the fridge. What did you say? <laughs> um, back when Brittany Lynn did that Guinness Book of World Records show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Night of a Thousand Queens. Yeah, and so she asked the House of Ham to do it, but I had never done drag before, but she had basically said, like, you have to be in drag to do it. Um, so oh, I remember that. Yeah, and they put you in drag. You look like you look like um Lainey Kazan from like, My Big like Factory Pudding. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that was the first time that I was in drag, and Lily painted me for that. Then the second time was when uh, Fahrenheit had a birthday show, and it was like a drag race themed show. Oh, all right, I remember that. And Fahrenheit asked me to be Michelle Visage. And um, one of my old friends, who I don't really speak to anymore, 
um, painted me for that. Her name is Tootsie Miles. Um, and then... No comment. <laughs> um, about a year later, maybe, no, maybe not a year later, but after that, the three of us, the House of Ham, were, we were cast in um, a live uh, show of Bob's Burgers. And it was the episode where Bob becomes a taxi driver for three um, drag queen hookers. Drag queens, yeah. Um, and so we were cast as drag queens. And so for that, it was, re- that was also during, this was also during Glashes. Um, so for that, Lily taught me how to do my own like 10 minute thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that was when I had really wanted to learn so I would do like lessons with with Lily mostly where she would do half my face and I would do the other half and stuff like that. Um and then once I got more confident, um I started going out in my first version of my face, which is obviously nothing like what my face is now. I have no idea what you're talking about. My my current drag face is exactly <laughs> is exactly how I started. <laughs> Mine was definitely not blue garage doors and blush, and that's it. <laughs> I think most queens can look back at themselves, like pictures of like four or five months ago, and be like, "I don't know who who that is." I'm absolutely going through that. <laughs> yeah, um, like it's it's insane how different you look, or like the little details where you're like, "Why did I do that?" Or why yeah. did I go through all of this to make this, and I could do it this way so much easier mm-hmm. or better. I have to say, also. Um, Ariola taught me a lot as well. Um, yeah, she's it, an amazing makeup artist. She is really incredible, and she knows um, so much just about like your your facial structure and stuff like that. So, Lily and Ariola really showed me everything that I know about makeup, which is by no means. <laughs> so, um, so then you more recently you've been focusing on like fully mounted theatrical productions like talk us through i always yeah. take this like like someone might be listening to this who has no idea what the fuck we're talking about even though it's just honestly it's just our friends that listen to it but if let's yeah. pretend no one knows what we're talking about talk us through the genesis of your um your like fully mounted productions so um october of 2018 I was cast in a French production called Basic Witches, um, which was put up at the Arden. It was written by an amazing writer, producer, actor, Robbie Hager, who was in Broadway, who was in Spring Awakening, and he was in um, Dr. Zhivago. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> um, he, was in fun, he was in Fun Home. He's been in a lot of really awesome stuff. Um, and it was a it was a drag musical, and it was the first time that I had ever seen um, in a in a truly gay way drag and broad and musicals being put together because even if you look at a show like Kinky Boots, Kinky Boots isn't um, it's not made for gay people. Mm-hmm. It's a show about gay people for straight people to enjoy. Um, yeah. So this was the first time that it was like for queer people by queer people, and it was just. I wasn't being told that I was too gay. I was being told to take those things about myself and elevate them. And that's when I sort of realized like, oh, I could, I could do this. I could theatrically make roles for myself or create space for 
people who were told they were too queer to be in theater and make those spaces available. Um, And I had had this idea for a very long time since I was a teenager about this parody of Sweeney Todd, which is one of my favorite musicals. Um, I was in it when I was 16 and when I I would be backstage and I would always sing um, the song, I feel you, Joanna. I would always sing, I'll peel you banana. And I, I, I thought it was so. I thought it was so funny, like, and it's it sat with me for years. And eventually, I ended up just writing a script, and I took it to Lily, who's a brilliant uh, musician and music director. Um, and I was like, "We we have to do this. Like, let's make this a thing." And mm-hmm we did we cast it and we put it on at frankie bradley's with like literally the the props were like my kitchen cart from my house and a chair um and like the costumes were like all stuff that we found like right um and we sold out our first run and um went on to we did fringe last year we did a show called gay miz which was a lame is parody and then we just finally moved to a real theater space at the Painted Bride, and we did our show called The Lizard of Oz. And um, yeah, now we're a full production company, Jaffe St. Queer Productions, and we're um, yeah. yeah, making queer art for queer people. Do you yeah. have anything? Oh, I'm gonna. We were gonna ask the same thing. Go right ahead. Uh, do you have anything upcoming or in the works that you can kind of comment on without maybe revealing some of the big surprises coming forward? Yeah, so we're going to be doing something for Fringe. Um, we're still deciding between a couple of different options. Um, so I would like to star in an all as me in a production of Legally Bland. <laughs> <laughs> just bland. That's what I've been known for. Just being bland. I always, I really like Legally Blind, but I don't think it's sensitive. <laughs> oh, as someone as someone who got roasted for his uh, "Where Are You" Christmas number, uh, <laughs> I would recommend against doing that. <laughs> I know. As someone who worked very hard to no longer be considered problematic, I would recommend against doing that. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, but like I remember, because I I will say that one of the first times that you and I worked together, I think like fully in a performance capacity, was when we did Mean Gaze with mm-hmm. the House of Ham, and even so, that was the first time that like I as a drag queen, like we like obviously that was just lip synced, and that's kind of become a prototype for similar type of shows here in the city that I I even do myself, but. Like, that was the first time I was like, oh, shit, like, we're doing, like, an actual, like, production, like, where it's yeah. not just com- someone coming out and doing a Regina George number right. and someone coming out and doing a, a Gretchen Wieners number. Like, that was the full fucking thing in its entirety, but it was still, like, tweaked. So I feel like that's probably even, like, a prototype for what you're oh, – yeah. you started with that and then moved it to a more legitimate theatrical For sure, yeah. I mean, animal. just the, the idea of just elevating drag um, from what – you're used to seeing is always enticing to me because there is obviously a huge theatrical component to drag right so why not you know amp that up yeah yeah 
So um, anything else that you want to talk about while we're here in the in the present? I know with this whole quarantine situation, you've been doing your very successful uh, drag brunch at home. Yeah, I'll be doing drag brunch every Saturday um, for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's at your house and um, the drinks are free if you already paid for them. <laughs> um, Jeremiah and I may or may not have taken a uh, a quarantine trip to Cherry Hill, New Jersey last Friday, where the liquor stores are still open. No and, and bought I bought three boxes of Pinot Grigio and three bottles of vodka. So good, we're gonna need it. <laughs> all stocked, all stocked up. Same, I accept Sauvignon Blanc for me. So <laughs> right. we've got one oh, fighters left, and we've got some vodka and whiskey, so we're okay. All right. Well, let's take some of our questions from the from the internet because we have some good ones. Let's do it. <laughs> I mentioned on my Instagram, which is it's Bev Bitch. If you're not following, every day before we record a podcast, I take suggestions of uh, topics of conversation. Onyx on Dix responded, "The quadratic formula, go." So, um, fuck you, Onyx on Dix. Um, let's see. I don't know how to pronounce this. Vinamalamin responded, what's the first thing you're doing after the quarantine is done? I just want to, like, hug people. (laughs) And, and, like, look them in the eye and, like, touch them in the face. (laughs) Somebody posted posted a a meme where it was, have you seen the movie Color Purple with Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah. Where at the very end, like she re- she reunites with her sister, like from across a field, and they just scream and run at each other. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. me, me, the first night I'm allowed back in the gay bar, just be like, Maddie! Yeah, and just run. Be, like, a lot of crying, just run through a field. I even the people that I don't like seeing when I'm out, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just human interaction of some kind. Right. I'll be like, hey, Josh, nice to see you. I don't want to push you into into a bus today. Um. <laughs> We'll yeah, cut that out. I we'll cut that out in post. No, we probably yeah, won't. Yeah, I think I echo that. It's going to be human contact, just seeing people in person. I mean, Zoom is nice and FaceTime is nice, and that's getting me through it. But like, it doesn't replace right. genuine human interaction. <laughs> so, um, I am the real Cesario, who's been like the MVP of uh, asking questions on this. Asked uh, because in the last two weeks worth of podcast, we've talked about video games, which I've had nothing to add to because I <laughs> don't play them. Wrote Bev, have you played any video games? If this is going to be a nerd podcast, dot dot dot. Uh, Eric, do you play video games at all? Mm, I gotta say, I don't. But yeah. I have uh, played. Uh, Jackbox video games with some friends. Is that like uh, the party games one? Yeah. So like yeah, your we... friend can invite you. I played with Matthew. Um, yeah. So like Matt invited me and then I like signed on with my phone and we could all like play together. So that was fun. Um, so uh, Jer- Jeremiah is a big uh, gamer. I I'm not, although um, when I was home for, uh, I went home to my parents last Saturday because my mom for the last 15 years has been saying to me, well, one weekend, just come home and we'll go through the basement and we'll get rid of some stuff. And I've always had a reason not to. And of course now she caught me and she was like, you don't have anything to do. You don't have anything to do. You can't do anything. 
So I had to come home and we went through the basement. I posted some stuff on Instagram uh, stories of shit that I found in the basement, like my life-size cardboard cutout of counselor Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation um, that I was in love with. But we did find, um, we found my Sega Game Gear that I had when I was uh, a teenager. So that's, I think, the last time I've actually fully played video games was when I had a Sega Game Gear. And it's, (laughs) this is how gay I was even before I was gay. The three video games that were still in there were um, Echo the Dolphin. Remember Echo the Dolphin? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't even think that that's what, um, I don't even think there was a plot to the game. You were just literally a dolphin and you swam <laughs> around, swam around. And then I had Earthworm Jim, which sure. And then it was uh, I had uh, an X Men one, but I was like, of course I had one where just a fucking dolphin swims <laughs> around with no point. I don't, I don't know. And um, the only other video game story that I could tell that's funny is that um, we got a, like the first generation Nintendo when I was a kid. And, you know, like when the first, this is how old I am, but when you bought the first Nintendo, it came with one cartridge that was Super Mario Brothers, and then it was also Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt, yeah. And you got, it gave, they gave, it came with the orange plastic gun, uh-huh. and uh, Judy was so against guns in the house that she took that from us, and we weren't allowed to play with it. <laughs> and we were like, we're like, Mom, then we can't use half of what this comes with. She's like, I don't care, you're not using a gun. You're not using a gun in the house, even though it was like a bright orange plastic video game gun so yes cesario those are my only stories about video games because i don't play them but this was a nerd podcast because i did talk about my love for counselor deanna troy and i did just watch season one of picard which was for the most part very good and she uh had a cameo in that so let's see (laughs) dc chad responded eric i'd love to hear your thoughts on this DC Chad responded, thoughts on other queens not tucking? <laughs> Listen, if you're wearing something that's flowy, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Let it flow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's no reason to tuck unless you're wearing a snatched little bodysuit, which right. never find me wearing, so you'll probably never find me <laughs> Like, yeah, I feel like like through Drag Race, especially to like people yeah. that don't actually do drag, they've made such a big deal I out know. of like quote unquote tucking. When unless exactly unless you're like coming out with like bare legged in like a little bathing suit or something, right. I do what I like to refer to as the monster mash, where you're I just kind of like pairs of spanks and tights and corsets. Right, exactly, you're- I wear tight <laughs> underwear and then four pairs of tights. If you can see something through that, well, then good for you because you're fucking looking for it. Like right. I don't exactly. Yeah, exact same. I I call it the mashed potato, but same exact thing. <laughs> mashed potato. That's disgusting. Um, and you know what? Like, there's nothing wrong with woman with the penis. True. So. <laughs> and like, honestly, if you're looking at my dick, then I'm doing something wrong in my performance. Like, if that's the only... Either it's gigantic, which... Spoiler alert, mine is not. Other if I'm if you're just simply looking at my crotch the entire time, then my then I'm not doing my job as an entertainer. Right. All right. So Cesario also questioned who from RuPaul's drag race was the nicest queen you've ever met and who was the worst? Um who cares? <laughs> no, 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 this is fun. We can be salacious. We can talk yeah. shit. That's, that's uh, the fun. Uh, what, the fuck, what the fuck else are we going to do? We're only at 27 minutes. 
<laughs> I was actually just in uh, Palm Springs um, with my good Judy Connor Michaelchuk, um, and we did a show with previous uh, podcast guest Connor Michaelchuk. Yes, <laughs> and we did a show with um, Morgan McMichael's Delta Work and Mayhem Miller, mm-hmm. and um, Morgan was one of the kindest and funniest people that I have ever worked with. She was so nice to all of us. She was hilarious. She booked me for a second gig, which was amazing. Um, And she like, who has goddamn Facebook open? Close it. Sorry. I think (laughs) (laughs) you're very popular. Get off the fuck off Facebook. Okay. Um, Oh, wait, there it is. Okay. Oh, God, it's open in so many windows. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, Morgan she was, was really kind. nice. Um, Delta was also incredibly kind and, like, offered me, like, bookings if I ever came back to L.A. Um, and Mayhem was really nice, too. She Like, the three of them were just, like, really down to earth and they weren't, like, we need to like they weren't like I feel like a lot of the people that you work with they need their own dressing room space they don't want right. to interact with you they just want to get there do their job and leave and like that's fine um but these three were were really really kind and really nice yeah I was really um we were supposed to have Delta come here a few years ago when I still worked with my previous producer and it was right when she took over for doing Rue's hair mm-hmm. and they got nominated for an Emmy and she couldn't, she ended up having to cancel kind of last minute because she was therefore obligated to do all this like Emmy pre-press stuff. And we had hoped to reschedule, but then that relationship with that producer kind of fell apart. So it never happened. But yeah, I've always loved her. Like talk about somebody who's like honest and open and genuine. She like her podcast with um, Willem in Alaska, when she talks about like the, the, dissolution of her relationship with drag radio. it's like ooh, ooh, she went there she not she's not worried about non-disclosure agreement <laughs> nope <laughs> nope um i'll say the the nicest drag queen that i've worked with from drag race i did find and erica you can chime in on this too because we both just worked with her i found evie oddly very nice oh yeah when she was when she was at taboo like that yeah. was a very like surreal situation all around and we kind of talked about it a couple episodes ago but like I feel like we all were just kind of going through the motions because uh-huh. we felt so like weird being there. Yeah. But you could just tell that she was happy to be there. She was super like engaging and friendly. Yeah. She interacted and was- with all of us. She was really, really kind. She followed me on Instagram, which is crazy because I don't think I ever told her my name. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. She was, she was, I was very pleasantly surprised because we didn't know like, she had like with all the travel drama going on yeah, i think she I, was really i think she was really excited to be able to come and do she had said to do like new material because she'd uh-huh. been doing the, the vegas residency for right. a few months and doing the same thing every single night right so to be able to come and do new stuff i think she was super grateful for but by far for me personally by far above and beyond anyone else from drag race that i've worked with was nina west who was honest to god like the kindest most engaging like just 
so so fun and so down to earth and especially considering that she, when she was at taboo it was the sunday night after drag con and i'm sure i've talked about this on other podcasts but she we had um lady bunny at eye candy the day after she produced Wigstock, which i don't know who decided to do that but like lady bunny was there and she was professional and she was nice but you could just tell she was like just drained and exhausted and kind of dead behind the eyes. So I kind of expected Nina to be that way too. But for someone who had been in drag for like the last four days, nonstop done nothing, but like hug and take pictures and shake hands and stuff. She was so nice. So friendly, like stopped and talked with everybody. We did shots and drinks together on stage, like set completely set, like the standard for, I think people, given that opportunity should be. And I've had to like remind myself of that a few times where I was like, when I've been tired and like, I'm like, uh-huh. I don't want to fucking go do this gig. But like, if, if, if that bitch can, can smile her way through four days and then come and do a show and be as amazing as she was. Uh-huh. And she said, it's because she worked so long and so hard to get there that she's grateful for every opportunity. Oh yeah. And I feel like that's, something that we all can kind of look towards definitely yeah and i think for me um it was and i haven't worked with a real girl yet but i would say in terms of just getting to meet them behind the stage after you know a long night uh i would say nina and chandler were actually both really just very very nice we're going to sit and chat with you didn't have like didn't have put on any airs about being tired so i i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. um so that's just from like an audience perspective i guess other end of the question, who's the worst? Um, let's talk shit. No one, none, none of them are gonna, <laughs> none of them are gonna listen to this shit. Right. I don't want to say this, the worst. Um, but a while ago, the House of Ham used to do um these drag race shows at um Kung Fu Necktie. Um, we opened for Alaska, which was amazing. Alaska was really, really awesome to work with. She was super cool super nice um at kung fu necktie they only have one dressing room it's the basement um and one of the shows that we <coughs> there um was with sharon um and sharon wouldn't allow us in the dressing room um which, which we didn't know um so we had to like kind of get dressed in the crowd and i think like the bartenders had to like watch our stuff <laughs> um we like tried to like there was like a little like smoking area outside and we like tried to go outside and like hang out with her and like say hi um but she just kind of she seemed like very um too cool I think like Mm -hmm. it was was very intimidating and she just didn't seem interesting interested and socializing and you know that's you know but it just wasn't the best experience and it was it was very um, off-putting to be like, all right, well, you're booked performers, but you can't be in a dressing space at all. So Yeah. Yeah, I loved working with her, but that's how Coco Peru was a few weeks ago. We weren't allowed to be, Paula and I weren't allowed to be in the dressing room when she was there. Mm-hmm. And um, she was fine. I, we were told ahead of time that she was fine with um, opening acts. But I didn't realize until we got there that she needed, a, she wanted there to be a 15 minute break in between when the opening acts ended and when she started. 
and right. she wouldn't she had to start at eight o'clock so my 30 minutes of stand-up that i was prepared to do got knocked down to 15 minutes <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but um i'm i've told this story to many friends before but above uh, by far the worst queen that i've ever worked with and fuck this bitch is um roxy andrews <laughs> oh. i've worked with roxy andrews twice now and both times she um let's they were both after uh, All Stars 2, so let's just say that uh, she did not succeed well in uh, re- rehabilitating her image. Uh-huh. Uh, the first time we worked together was actually at her home bar in Tampa, um, mm-hmm. Southern Nights, Tampa, in Florida. And she, um, I got booked there through my friend Anita Waistline, who was the reigning Miss Comedy Queen at the time. And I was coming down to do um, a regional pageant down there for Comedy Queen and like picked up the gig the night before. And it just happened to be on St. Patrick's Day weekend. And uh, oh, not not Tampa, St. Petersburg. Sorry. And in downtown St. Pete's, they have like this giant St. Patrick's Day uh, parade. Uh, on Saturday night, and I guess all all the bars get flooded with people after it's finished. And maybe she was on edge because of that, but like it was a show. It was me, her, and one other queen who was very very nice to me. Uh, Jade Embers, very pretty, very nice. Didn't have to, didn't know me from anyone. Was was very nice. And Roxy literally said two words to me the entire night. Now we're in a dressing room where it's just three people, um, mm-hmm. the size of like a coat closet. She, I got introduced to her by the door person who like helped my carry my stuff in from Anita, and Roxy looked didn't even look at me but like looked at my reflection in the mirror while she was doing her hair and was like, "Oh hi," didn't say another word to me the entire night. Also refused to go out and do her number, uh, to perform until the crowd clapped enough for her. They had to start her number over four times before she would actually go out on stage. Oh wow! Uh, wow to do her number so fast forward about a month month and a half i got booked to do a show a college show in delaware and they always have a rue girl as like the headliner for that i didn't know who it was until we got there and of course it was roxy andrews and like you said she needed she needed a dressing room to herself so she had one dressing room where she stayed in the entire time so we're waiting to go do the curtain call at the end and she's standing there and she sees me and she's got like one of those giant visor sunglasses on. And uh-huh. uh, she's like, how do I know you? And I said, we worked together at Southern nights um, last year on St. Patrick's day. She's like, Oh, right. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> that was the end. We worked our way up from two words to seven words. How do I know you? Oh, right. Um, so yeah. And then she refused to take pictures at the end, which was the, um, part of, I guess the contract that they all sign. It's a college show. So the kids aren't paying anything and they're not tipping. So I guess she was upset by that. So she refused to take pictures at the end. Of course. Yeah. So other than that, um, uh, the first time Gia Gunn was in Philly, she was not particularly nice, but I heard she was lovely when she was just here recently. So maybe she's learned to humble down a little bit nice Jatemish, have you had any negative interactions were you at the valentina show where like she refused to take photos with people uh i was not um, okay maybe yeah. somebody else then i think sutton said i knew she refused to take pictures with sutton and sutton was like oh, okay well fuck you then bitch <laughs> um okay so that was a little fun moment let's see um 
Motivation Rasta asked, would you rather live alone in an expensive countryside palace or work hard and live in the city around your family? Please mention me if you answer. So Motivation Rasta, thank you for that question. I'll read it again. Would you rather live alone in an expensive countryside palace or work hard and live in the city around your family? Um, I mean, I'd rather work hard and live in the city with my family. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeremiah. I'm, yeah, I'll amend that to be my chosen family. I don't know yeah. if I necessarily want to live in the city with my biological <laughs> with, your, with your dumpster fire of an actual family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's what I mean too. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the country. I wouldn't. I would love to have my family come and visit me at my lovely place that I've worked hard to be in in the city yeah. on occasion, and then they go, can go back to the country where they <laughs> where they came from. Yeah. Shout out to Judy as she listens to this. Hi, Judy. I love that you called Baltimore the country. <laughs> well, I say Baltimore. I grew up in the like like in forty five minutes outside of Baltimore in like the country in a rural area like i you drive up the highway to go into my parents hometown and there's just two big signs that say you will meet jesus i'm like okay well good hopefully living in arizona where they have like the pictures of just math on billboards and it's like this could be you it's like yeah okay and then hear me roar 231 daryline asked how is judy holding up during this mess she's fine she's good she's um She's dealing with my dad. They're both home together nonstop, so they're kind of ready to kill each other. Um, but she's fine. I'm going home again next uh, Sunday for Easter and for a belated little birthday dinner thing. My birthday's next Monday, and I'm going to be quarantined by myself for it, so I'm very oh, excited. Yeah, you're roast. I know. Um, we're hoping to still be able to do the birthday roast in um, May uh, if we're allowed. I don't know. I kind of... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. Everything I posted. I don't know if people follow me on Facebook who listen to this, but I posted um, a picture for normally like on my, my Facebook timeline photo, I post all of my, my monthly gigs. Mm-hmm. And this month it's just a picture from um, Joan Rivers before she died, had a documentary called piece of work. And she does this one scene where she holds up an empty calendar and she just says, um, do you want to see fear? This is fear. And she opens up like an empty calendar. <laughs> so I just took a picture of that and I wrote April on it. Like that's my, <laughs> that's my April calendar. Just an empty, <laughs> empty book. Yep. <laughs> let me, let me look at my calendar. Let me put on my sunglasses from all the white. Oh, nice. um, yeah. So um, as we wind down, this might be a fun um, question that was on last week's podcast, but we'll bring it back. Um, Eric, what, uh, it's two parts. I'll ask this first one first. What is your favorite number or performance that you do as a performer? What is your favorite to perform? Mm, that's tough. Um, I would probably say my favorite song to sing is a parody of Macy Gray's I Try. Um, and it's about sucking dicks that are too big. So <laughs> And you know it's a family song. <laughs> Perfect for drag queen story hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably it. Um, Jeremiah, what's your favorite? Uh, I'm gonna have to say again, my it's my makeup tutorial number, which is just stupid. So I get a lot of joy out of doing it. You have how many numbers to choose from? <laughs> uh, regular numbers. I've got like four. <laughs> 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 
Boom, shots fired. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> um, uh, mine would either be my tipping number, just because it's stupid and it always makes people laugh when I always get money. Or um, <laughs> <laughs> or I do love my picking up the telephone calls number, which is um, mm-hmm. an homage to one of my heroes, Miss Lipsinka, which I think I talked about this previously. If you don't know who the fuck she is, as soon as you're done lip- uh, watch, listening to this or watching this, um, YouTube her and, and look for her. And then the other end of the question was, what number are you tired of doing and do you never slash never want to do again? <laughs> uh, that's tough. What am I tired of doing? I asked this to Iris and she of course responded with the robot. She's tired of doing the robot. I'm definitely a little tired of all of my Hanukkah material. I feel like every year i'm like cast as a token jew and everything yeah. <laughs> guilty <laughs> guilty of casting you like, as that in my show. it's great like i i love bringing uh bringing judaism to the drag um but i just need to make some new hanukkah content for next year because yeah. yeah. i'm using the same like four hanukkah numbers for probably like three years now yeah um Yes. Well, I feel like any I feel like for drag like normal working drag performers anyway like October and December you get tired of doing the same shit on repeat yeah. because for October it's just at least me, at least for me it's like well I'm just gonna dress like Winifred Sanderson and Myrtle Snow for the entire month of October because there's right. nothing else and then once December 1st hits it's just oh, okay we're doing the same three Christmas numbers yep. for this entire month. Yep. Like this year, I did try to to do some newer stuff just because a lot of like I couldn't do Where Are You Christmas anymore, so I had to find out mm-hmm. new stuff to do. But you know, um, Trinity uh, did that on the tour, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're a fucked if you have if you have a a a, a fucked up sense of humor, it's an easy joke to to go to. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> I was proud of my, I made a, a Home Alone, a Catherine O'Hara Home Alone number this year. So I'll bring that back out in rotation. So as we wind down, is there anything, Eric, that you'd like to plug? Um, yes, my digital drag brunch every Saturday at noon uh, on my Facebook page. That's Eric Jaffe. Um, you know, like when we're back out in the world, just come find me. I'll be I'll be crying in an alleyway somewhere in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, wearing lovely hair. Yes, wearing lovely hair. Bev, sell me that wig that I want. <laughs> I just got I just got it redone in pink. Did you see my gem outfit from uh, uh, my view? Yeah, of course, I saw it. Yes. See, but yeah. now you don't, now you don't need the rooted blonde anymore, so you can let it go. What's funny is, um, are you watching Shit's Creek this entire season? I haven't seen the new ones. No. Oh. Last, it's not very good, um, but I'm a little disappointed by it. But uh, not this past week, but the week before, they did an episode where um, they had David and Patrick's uh, bachelor party, <laughs> and Moira went, and she was wearing like the exact same wig that oh, that man. the wig that you wore in Hocus Pocus. I was like, oh yeah. yay, this can now be a Moira wig, yay. <laughs> Amazing. So yes, and they if they want to send some dollars your way on. Um, online where can they find you yes at the eric jaffe on venmo on venmo yeah. and jeremiah do you have anything you would like to promote 
Yeah, I have a, a new weekly Facebook Live series. It's uh, anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, depending on how drunk I get. It's called... <laughs> he says that because last week, last week he's like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be like 20 minutes. And me and Michael, an hour Snyder, later. Me and Michael Snyder turned in, tuned in, and then like Shit's Creek came on at 9. And then when the episode was over, Jeremiah was still on. We're like, fuck, this bitch is still drunk on, on Facebook Live. Okay. I was. It's called Grapes of Sass. It's on my Facebook page. Um, uh, aside from that, uh, you can find me on You drank how many bottles of wine in one sitting? Uh, I calculated it out. It ended up being right around two bottles of wine. It, were, it was a lot. Um, perfect so we're gonna do that again tomorrow there's a lot once of you once content. you get off of that liver transplant list then it's gonna be downhill for everybody oh i'm just on dialysis at this point it's fine <laughs> um, um <laughs> shade is my, my social handles um yeah tune in tomorrow it'll be fun hopefully it'll be shorter this time and well this isn't this isn't coming week. out till saturday so tune okay in well then tune in the next tuesday <laughs> I'm trying to release these on either Friday or Saturday so that has some we have like fun weekend content. So yeah. Um and then you can tune in, hit the subscribe button on this very fun little podcast. Um available on iTunes and Google Play Music. My Instagram is it's Bev Bitch. Um I do my Friday night RuPaul's Drag Race viewing party um because why the hell not and then tuesdays i've been doing moments with moira where i dress as moira rose and answer your questions quandaries and uh queries so tune in on my facebook live for that eric i'm so glad we finally had you on we've only been trying for like three years now i know yay yay all right boys uh, uh kids boys gals everyone in between love you all thank you for listening bye bye, bye. Thank you.